Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Go with me, if you will, to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. I'm going to pick up where I left off. A couple of weeks ago, we were ministering on the refreshing of the Spirit and the filling of the Spirit. And the Lord's really been showing me some things regarding being filled with the Spirit and why we need the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has always been essential to the work that God wants to orchestrate in the earth. From the beginning of time in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, it says, the Lord God formed man of the dust from the ground. And if you go to Genesis chapter 1, we discovered that that purpose was to rule and reign and to manage and control the earth. See, if we have a misunderstanding of our purpose, then we misunderstand the Holy Spirit's purpose. A misunderstanding of our purpose. If your understanding of your purpose and your destiny in this earth is to get saved and be as good of a person as you can until Jesus returns and comes and gets us out of this earth and takes us home, then there's no need for the Holy Spirit. We said this several weeks ago. We said we've dangerously committed Christians to a life that no longer places a demand on the Holy Spirit. We've taught Christians that you can do it on your own. We've taught Christians that praying a prayer is good enough and going to church is good enough and reading your Bible is good enough. You know, you can't even understand the Bible without the Holy Spirit. The Bible actually tells us you can't even come into the kingdom without the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit that draws men and women to repentance. So why would I allow the Holy Spirit to get me to the door, but not allow him to show me everything else the kingdom has to offer? I need the Spirit of God. I need his essence. I need his presence. I need his orchestrating of my life. I need his leading and his guiding. I need his directing. I need his speaking. It says, the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. That's all you and I were dust. To, from dust we came, from dust we'll return. But it says this, then he breathed his nostrils into his nostrils, the breath of life. That breath of life was the Spirit of God. Many times the Bible is, the Holy Spirit likened, is likened to a breath, to a fire, to an oil. There's many ways that God has been desiring to get his spirit in the earth upon man once again. From the beginning of time, God has desired to find a man or a woman that would submit themselves to the Father and yield themselves to the Spirit. Submit themselves to the Father and yield themselves to to the Spirit. Submitting to the Father through salvation, submitting to the Father through repentance, coming from out of darkness and into light, coming from death and 
being brought into life. That's submitting to the Father. But there's one more step. There's one more way I can submit my life to the Father, and that's by yielding to the Holy Spirit of God. Yielding to the Holy Spirit. He breathed his breath into them, and it says, man became a living being. You know, you can be living but not alive. You can be breathing but not functioning. God doesn't want us to merely exist in this planet. He wants us to change this planet. The only way we can do that is if the Holy Spirit changes us first. Just a few chapters later in Genesis chapter 6, God makes this statement. We know that man sinned, man fell. Man didn't fall from heaven because man wasn't looking for heaven. Adam and Eve weren't walking around a garden waiting for Jesus to come through the clouds, waiting to go home to the sweet by and by. That was not Adam and Eve's focus and attention. Their focus and attention was bringing heaven to earth. And they did that by the empowerment and by the presence and by the, the, the efforts of the Holy Spirit leading and guiding their life, breathed that life that was breathed into them, directed them. But in Genesis chapter 6, a world that has become sinful. In verse 3, the Lord said, my spirits shall not strive. One version says contend with man forever. I wonder if the church is in contention with the Holy Spirit rather than yielded to. He says, my spirit will not contend with man forever. My spirit will not strive. My spirit will not continue. I will not continue to leave my spirit in the earth if, if man is not going to be yielded to and submitted to the work of the Holy Spirit. And so from this moment on, I had to change the course of action. Recognizing that man was sinful, man could not any longer be a vessel that could contain the Holy Spirit. He withdrew his spirit. And in the Old Testament, the spirit of the Lord would come upon individuals, but never uh, like it was meant to be with Adam and Eve. The Holy Spirit would come upon judges and rulers and kings and prophets and priests, and the Spirit of God would come upon them to part waters at a Red Sea, or to slay a giant, um, or to tear down uh, gates, came upon Gideon, came upon Samson, came upon David. The Spirit of the Lord came upon men and women to lead and to guide the people, but God's ultimate goal was to get the Spirit of God in each individual person. Each individual person. Honestly, if we if we really wanted to break down what Jesus' desire and intention was through his mission and through his work on the cross. It was to get sin out of you so that God could get his spirit back in you. I'll say it again. God's ultimate goal through the death of his son Jesus was to get sin out of you. Because my spirit will not strive, my spirit will not contend. We got to have one or the other. Uh, the, the church has told us, has, 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 has given us a lie, and, and we have believed it long enough that we can have one foot in and one foot out. But it doesn't work with God. Second Timothy chapter 2. Second Timothy chapter 2. In verse 20. 
In a large house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and earthenware, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor. Sanctified, that means set apart, distinct, distinguished. Useful to the master. Prepared for every good work. Sanctified. The Holy Spirit wants to distinguish you from the crowd. The Holy Spirit wants to set you apart. The Lord had given me this a couple weeks. He said, without the Holy Spirit, we're no longer set apart. We get set aside. Useful for nothing. Religious activity doesn't demand the work of the Holy Spirit. Programs and production doesn't demand the work of the Holy Spirit. Events and initiatives don't demand the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, everything I just listed is not bad. But I still need the Holy Spirit on it. The event and the initiative is the vessel. The program and the production is the vessel. The service and the time is the vessel. But we must yield it to the Holy Spirit. We must yield what we do to the Holy Spirit. This doesn't mean that we don't rehearse, practice, develop, build, train, learn, instruct, grow. doesn't mean we don't do those things. It means that the Holy Spirit is upon it and makes it even better than what we can do in the natural. It's the supernatural. It's the super on our natural. It means that I'm doing what I can in the natural, but I need his super on it. I, I can do ordinary, but I need his extra on the ordinary. And God is looking for a move in the earth, and I believe it's on its way, and we are right on the cusp of it. We're putting the extra on the ordinary again. We're putting the super on the natural again. And it's no longer just what man can do by his hands, but it's what man can do yielded to vessels of honor. Vessels of honor. Vessels of honor. I want to be set apart, not set aside. I don't know about you in this last day revival. I don't want to be on the sidelines watching, spectating. I want to be in it, a part of it, used for his glory. Just in the last two days, I've attended two funerals. Prepared to orchestrate one more. It's just incredible to sit in those services and you hear about their lives. Stuff you didn't even know. The ways that they live their lives. In the funeral we attended yesterday, many of you know Nikita, the Valdosta State student here in our church. and Her parents have attended here. Many times over the couple years that she's been here with us, her father suffered a heart attack a couple weeks ago and passed. And I just kept sitting in that service as one by one people came up and shared about his life, 
probably I was the one in the room that knew the least of him or about him, honestly. But one after one, I turned to Pastor Chris, who was with me. I said, when did this guy sleep? Prison ministry, discipleship groups, working and serving at the church, chaplain at his work, and it's just like, my gosh. Our lives are so temporal. Our, this is so minimal, and God yet still wants to orchestrate such greatness through our lives in the moment and the time we're here. Eight billion people on the planet, each one destined, divinely ordained and orchestrated to serve a purpose for the kingdom of God. Our lives are that valuable. Our lives are so valuable that God said, I want to put my spirit in it. I want to put my spirit upon that. I did some great work, flesh, dust of the ground. Look what they can do. But until they receive the breath of life, they can't fulfill a kingdom purpose. How did we get away from this? How did we move away from the power, presence, and manifestation of the Holy Spirit upon our lives? In Matthew chapter 3, guys, I don't think I gave you this one, but in Matthew chapter 3, In verse 11, John the Baptist says this in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance. That's submission to the Father. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I am not fit to remove his sandals. It says he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, And with fire. You know, the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Spirit and the empowerment of the Spirit was coupled with salvation in the Bible. It wasn't this thing set apart, like, you know, just come and get saved. And if you feel like it or for these select few over here or for a short period of time, there's the Holy Spirit. Where It's coupled. It's almost at the same level and the same priority. Because submitting to the Father gets me into heaven, but yielding to the Spirit allows me to bring heaven to earth. Do I need the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? You need the Holy Spirit to live here and to do what He's called you to do. You need the Holy Spirit to exist here, operate here. We need the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit. Are you? We need to have an appreciation. Not an abandoning, but a valuing. Jesus told his disciples in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You will receive power 
Everyone say power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. Power to be a witness for the kingdom of God. Not just in word, but in deed. Not a form of godliness in denying the power, but godliness in revealing the power by the Holy Spirit. It's time for the Spirit-filled church to rise up. It's time for the distinguished church to be set apart. Come out from among them. Reveal the goodness of the Lord. Reveal His wondrous works. Reveal His mighty hand by the Spirit of God. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, we know as they gathered together the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Look at that again. And it filled the whole house, but here's the key, where they were sitting. Where they were sitting. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. See, we, 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 we've made church about filling houses. But revival is not about filling houses with people. It's about filling people with the Spirit. Filled the whole house where they were sitting, where they were drawing, where they were waiting, where they were tarrying, where they were yielding, where they were receiving, where they were open to the work of the Holy Spirit because Jesus said, go and wait and you will receive the promise of the Father. That is the Holy Spirit. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, you will receive power. It wasn't about filling seats. It was about filling hearts. And if we get our focus back on what God is focused on, if we get our focus back on what God is doing, if we get our focus back on what God is trying to fill, then we will stop doing silly things to get people there, and we will start doing the right thing to get the Spirit in their heart. Because I don't want filled seats at the expense of filled people. We're filling people with the Spirit of God. In Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Be filled. Be filled. Be filled. With the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. But he says, 
Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. In the Greek, this sentence, be filled, actually means this, be being filled. It actually means a continual, perpetual infilling of the Holy Spirit. Constantly filled, receiving more, more, more and more. I need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. I need to hear the Holy Spirit to yield to my husband or my wife. I need the Holy Spirit to parent my kids. I need the Holy Spirit to go to school. I need the Holy Spirit to respond to what's happening in our world today. I need the Holy Spirit to be an employer, an employee. I need the Holy Spirit to be a son or a daughter. I need the Holy Spirit to be a brother or a sister. I need the Holy Spirit to function in this earth. It's always been designed that way. And even more so do we need the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Can I get an amen? We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He goes on to say, speaking to one another. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks. You know, one of the first things that the Holy Spirit changes in your life is your language. Is your mouth. Is your words. Your confessions. Your declarations. Your prayers. Your petitions. He says, speaking to one another. You'll learn to talk to people better than you do now if you get filled with the Holy Spirit. You learn to hold your tongue. You learn to be patient. You learn to be slow to wrath. You you learn to only give words of life and speak life to people. Filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, well, it's impossible to be filled with the Holy Spirit and not have Him affect every part of your being. He wants to affect all of you. Every part of you. Your daily life. We were not designed to live and do work and ministry and life without the empowerment and the impartation of the Holy Spirit. Be vessels of honor, prepared for a good work, being filled, being filled. What you are filled with, you are ultimately led by. What you are filled with, you are ultimately led by. I believe this. I believe this with my whole heart. That there are gifts and plans and purposes that lie dormant in our lives until we are saturated by the Holy Spirit. You've been wondering why you haven't been able to overcome that thing. You've been wondering why you've been coming up against the wall. You've been wondering why in your own works and in your own ability, you haven't been able to get over. And I believe the Holy Spirit is what will help you get over. Yielding to the Holy Spirit. Constantly being filled with the Holy Spirit. You would be amazed at the wisdom that you would come praying in a language you do not understand. I know it sounds like a contradiction. 
How do I pray in a language I don't know, but yet gain more clarity? It's because you're praying by the power and the assistance of the Holy Spirit. You're praying beyond your knowledge. You're praying beyond your ability. You're praying beyond your comprehension. You're praying beyond what you are capable of doing in and of yourself. And you're yielding to the breath of God and the Spirit of God. Let the Spirit of God bring to life the things that you've been working so long for, toiling over. And you would find in an instant you would overcome. Find in an instant the supply would show up. The people would show up. The encouragement would show up. The validation would show up. The life would show up. The answers would show up. The resources would show up because by the Spirit, you're tapping into a place you could never get to on your own. He wants to come alongside you. Jesus promised us He would be our helper, our advocate, or stand by. The Holy Spirit wants to work. Could I have our worship team come back? There are gifts and callings that lie dormant. They're not activated until you are filled with the Spirit of God. I've tried, and I welcome you, and I invite you to do it yourself. Find one individual in the Bible that did anything great, mighty, and miraculous without the Holy Spirit. You won't find him. You won't find her. Not even Jesus himself. Not even Jesus himself. What I love about it. See, if Jesus did what he did as a son of God. Then he could never write John 14, 12. These works that I do, you can do. And even greater works. We could easily excuse ourselves and say, well, Jesus, you are the son of God. I'm not God in the flesh. That's how you operated. But Jesus didn't operate in the earth as God. Jesus operated in the earth as a man, just like you and I. Submitted to the Father, just like you and I. Yielded to the Holy Spirit, just like you and I. And if Jesus had to be filled with the Spirit, how much more so do you and I? How much more you and I? How much more do we need the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, the working of the Holy Spirit? I don't know about you, but I want to follow in Jesus' example. Not just the example of being a good person, Not just his example of of, of being kind and loving to people. Not even just his example in being obedient to the Father. But I want to follow his example in being yielded to the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus didn't come to show me what I can do. Jesus came to show me 
Or Jesus didn't come to show me just what he could do. He came to show me what I can do. He came to show me what you and I can do, what we can do. Submit it to the Father and yield it to the Spirit. Would you stand up with me? Y'all remember fill us up? Fill us up. Fill us up. We're going to ask the Lord to fill us up. Fill us up. Refresh us. Spirit of God. Spirit of God. Spirit of God. I know this is a little different. I know this is a little different. We need a spirit-filled church. I'm tired of spirit-filled believers cowering. Be bold that you're spirit-filled. Be bold that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Be bold that you live and operate with the assistance of the Holy Spirit. Don't be fearful. Don't be afraid. What will they think? What will they say? How will they react? This world needs a spirit-filled church more now than ever. More than Acts chapter 2. More than Ephesians chapter 5. We need a spirit-filled church today. We need a spirit-filled church right now. We need a spirit-filled church to speak out boldly against untruth. We need the spirit of truth to be the revealer of truth and speak the truth to demonstrate miracles, signs and wonders. He wants to equip you. He wants to empower you. He wants to assist you. He wants to strengthen you. of the Spirit in operation. The power of the Holy Spirit. Go ahead and close your eyes. Go ahead and yield. Get with Jesus. He's the only one. Don't worry about your neighbor. Don't worry about me. Don't worry about these guys up here. Let the Holy Spirit saturate you. Let the Holy Spirit fill you. just a song. It's an invitation.
Come on, just thank the, thank the Lord for the word. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Father, for your word. We receive the word of the Lord. And the glory of the latter house is greater than the former house. Receive the reign of his spirit. Receive the reign of his spirit. Come on, just lift your hands and just receive. We call dryness to be no more in the name of Jesus. Receive the reign of the Holy Spirit. Dry bones will live again. Dry bones will receive life again. Dry places. The dry places. The dry places will become a well of living water. Living water. A revival of living water. A reviving of the church. A reviving of His people. A reviving of the operation and manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Bring the rain. Bring the rain. Fill us up. Fill us up. Fill us up. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithaboutaustin.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.